football night. Big hits. Great plays. Touchdown! Touchdown! School spirit. All of that is on display and more all around Northern California. It's time for the Friday Night Football Show. Presented by Wingstop. Here are your hosts, Matt George and Charles D. Hamilton. Yes, indeed. Raider football has come to an end. Raiders get the victory. One of many local football programs to be enjoying the W's tonight. Welcome into Friday Night Football. Yes, the NFL is playing tonight because it's preseason. They're stealing the thunder a little bit from true Friday Night Football, which is in high school. That's what we care about. High school football, Friday night football, and this is your hub for Friday night football, high school football coverage right here on Sports 1140 KHDK. My name is Matt George, joined by the former high school legend himself, Charles T. Hamilton. The living legend, yes, sir. Chris Watkins <laughs> pressing the buttons on the board, getting us all ready to go. Chris, welcome in. Thank you so much for uh, being with us. Yes, sir. Glad to be here. All right. <laughs> Guys, We, if you thought we had a bunch of games to get to after week one last Oof. week, You'd be wrong. We got more, and we're not going to waste any time. we got to dive right in. Let's look at the first little bit, first chunk of our scoreboards here, Friday Night Football scoreboard. Starting things off, we talked with their head coach last week. They got off to a strong start in week one. They carried that into week two. Del Oro, early on today, gets the win 58-20 over Oak Grove. They're 2-0 on the season. Rio Americano taking on Casa Roble in Rio Americano. Casa Roble gets the win. 41 to dub. Monterey Trail looking to start 2-0. Travels to San Ramon Valley. Gets the win. 27-7. Monterey Trail with a W. Modesto at home taking on Bayer. Modesto gets the W. 44-6. Clovis East and Wood locked in a very close one. 21-20. Clovis East gets the win. Sonora taking on Ripon at home. Ripon comes in and shuts them out. How about another? 34-0. Sorry, jumped in the gun there. How about another one-point showdown? Enox getting the win over West 14-13. Enox now 2-0. DeMonte Ranch taking on Granite Bay at home. DeMonte Ranch gets the much-needed win, 28-0. Merced sticking it to Gregory. Gregory now 0-2 on the season. Merced 2-0. They win 41-22 on their home turf. Forest Hill and Esparto going head-to-head in Forest Hill. Esparto gets the win, though, 38-15. Shutout. Cardinal Newman, 2-0 on the season. They shut out Sutter, 24 to nothing. Shout-out, Cardinal Newman. How about that? There you go. And that is going to wrap up part one of our scoreboard. We have so many scores still coming in. If you are coming from a game and want to be a part of the show, you absolutely can do, do so. Uh, 44 11 40 you can text us we have the text line right in front of us send in some of your final scores if we don't get to them or if we have missed them also you can call in at any time as well and we're getting ready here to uh, invite a another guest a new guest here on sports 1140 KHDK. Before we get to that, we want to let you know that right now you can vote for, or vote for the Stockton Honda Game of the Week for Week 3. Five games on tap for you in that one. Granite Bay at Jesuit, Antelope at Folsom, Capital Christian at Grant, Casa Roble at Vista Del Lago, and Intercom, uh, Intercom excuse me, at Sac High. Those are your five games to choose from for next week's 
Stockton Honda Game of the Week. We will touch on this week's Stockton Honda the Game of the Week, which is Oakmont at Roseville. But before we do that, the Rockland Thunder went to battle tonight, getting the win against Franklin. And we are happy to be joined by the head coach of the Thunder, uh, head coach Greg Benzel, joining us here on Friday Night Football. Coach, welcome in. Congratulations on the win tonight. Uh, it seems like it was a good night offensively for your boys. Hey, we, we needed it. Uh, <laughs> our guys played tremendously hard tonight. Uh, Franklin's good football team, and uh, we, we were able to put points on the board. And, you know, when that happens, it, it's pretty fun. Coach, there really is no such thing as, like, is working your way or easing your way into the season, is there? You get going with meaningful games right out of the gate, which is what I love so much about the San Joaquin section in this region. There's so many talented teams. Your back's against the wall seemingly uh, every single night and a true test for your guys. Uh, how great of it was a bounce back for t- your, your team overall tonight after the uh, the tough loss at home against Antelope last week? Yeah, you know, we really needed it. Um, it was really difficult, really challenging after that game to really look at it and feel that, you know, we were in a position to win that thing and, you know, some some tough plays. Big, we got big played a couple times and some mental errors and you know what? Our guys were resilient all week and they really deserved to to get a win and, and we did it tonight. Coach, it looks like you guys were able to lean on the running game a little bit tonight, especially in the red zone. Was that part of your plan coming into it or do you just kind of react uh, when it happens well i you know every high school team wants to run the ball stop yeah. the run so if we can run it we're gonna we're do our darndest to, to make it happen uh and tonight you know our quarterback did a really nice job of distributing the ball you know we give him a little bit of liberty to to give it or throw it and um you know he makes good decisions out there Coach, 21 points in the second quarter after seven points in the first. What went down in that second quarter that was able for or your offense was able to open up uh, the game so much? Well, we we came out in double tights, and, and I don't think they were prepared for it, and they didn't have any answers uh, early. And at the same time, we were able to, you know, make some big plays uh, with our passing game. And I think the biggest thing – was the formation that they had a tough time, you know, having answers. Everyone wants to pay attention and look at the offense and look at the scoring column when you put up 44 points, but you got to be proud of your defense's effort as well, holding the Franklin Wildcats to just seven points. They only scored one touchdown in the second quarter. Other than that, zeros in the other three. Got to be proud of the defensive effort tonight. It was, it was really good because we kept the ball out of their hands, and then our defense made plays, you know, when Franklin did have the ball. It, you know, we came out in the third quarter, too, and had a tough uh, snap, bad snap, and, and Cade couldn't grab it, and Franklin got the ball in the red zone, and, and we got a, we got a big-time stop there on fourth down, got the ball back, and went down to score to put the ball, put the game away. As a coach, are you a little happy that there was that turnover? Now you you have something to uh, to be angry about and make them work for uh, this week instead of, well, you know, just praising them after a big win? There, it was a great night tonight that we were able to empty the bench, but there's a lot, you know, as you know, a lot of things on special teams that we have to fix. Definitely. Uh, we did not take care of the ball, believe it or not. We had, we had two turnovers. So uh, we've got to get better in that regard. Looking next week, traveling to Reno to take on uh, DeMonte Ranch. I'm sorry, you're at home against uh, DeMonte yeah, Ranch. Coming to us. 
What yeah. are you uh, What are you looking forward to most in that matchup? Getting back uh, onto your home field, trying to build off of a successful week. Well, one, it's always nice to play at home, especially when a team's you know coming from you know a couple hours away. And next year, of course, we're going to go to their place. Mm-hmm. But I think the biggest thing is they're a great program. Uh, we specifically scheduled them to prepare for for our league, the SFL, and uh, you know that's a, a buzz saw. So we. You know, we have to play challenging teams to prepare uh, for our league, uh, the challenges every week. And DeMonte Rance is going to give it to us. They, they, they just beat Granite Bay tonight, uh, I think, I think 20-plus to nothing. So it's going to be a, a great challenge for us, and we're looking forward to, to getting out there on Monday and starting the work week. Coach, I got to ask, I, I ask every coach about their O-line as a former O-lineman. I got to make sure they get some love. I, you must be happy with them tonight, especially with the uh, performance in the red zone, getting able, uh, being able to get some scores in the red zone, especially running the ball. Hey, you're a man after my own heart as an <laughs> O-lineman. We, we gave some, some huge shout-outs to our O-line. Nice. Being able to, to block up a, a challenging front. Uh, you know, they were trying to mix it up a little bit, and, and our guys are still able to stay with their rules and, and do their job and finish block. I'm sure we can get better on film, you know, as we can every week, but it was sure sweet to, to feel very confident in the run game tonight. That's, you know, a coach's dream. Absolutely. Final thing for you, Coach. Uh, talk about the resiliency of your team a little bit, if you don't mind, from battling back after the tough loss last week at home to also starting the season earlier off than, uh, than what we're used to, getting games going literally the first week of school. Uh, how have your, your guys handled uh, bouncing back from adversity and, and just gotten to, uh, on their feet and gotten off running? You know, we were honest with them. Um, you know, there was no point in fingers. You know, as a coaching staff, we, we owned up to the things that, that we didn't prepare for them. And we also challenged them in areas of being reflective and saying, hey, what could you have done better? And, you know, they owned up to their end of the deal as well. And it was very a very genuine conversation. And, uh, you know, that started on Saturday morning. We have a Saturday morning workout to kind of work out the kinks. And we had a great, a great session there. And, and Monday was one of the best practices we had all year. Uh, so I was very proud of the way our guys turned it into a, to a positive, a motivator. They turned it into, uh, you know, really, you know, building the trust from one another because we all hurt. It was it stung after the game. And I think guys were, were basically making a statement saying, hey, we have to rebound. And they did just that. Had a great week of practice. We, we struggled a little bit on Wednesday, but we had a great week, and uh, it showed it showed tonight. It was just felt really good. One of those things where it's like, ah, we finally got the W. You know, the guys deserved it, and uh, it was a great night. Coach, congratulations on the win. Thank you so much for taking the time. Enjoy this one, and uh, we'll look forward to keeping an eye on Rockland Thunder football in the weeks to come. Hopefully we'll have you back on uh, sometime later on this season. Hey, I really appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Have a great evening. Thank you, Coach. Appreciate it, man. That is head coach of the Rockland Thunder, Greg Benzel. We'll be keeping a sharp eye on what the Rockland Thunder do for the remainder of this season. More scores coming in as we speak. If you are out at a good game tonight, and there are a bunch of them around the San Joaquin section, why don't you give us a call or shoot us a text and let us know what matchups you were at and what you saw, what you liked, and what you didn't. This is Friday Night Football. We'll take the break. Come right back. We're going to dive headfirst into our Stockton Honda Game of the Week, Oakmont at Roseville. Be joined by Roseville Tiger head coach, Larry Cunna coming up next here on KHDK. Welcome to Don't play a great football game tonight. A real good football game. Yeah. 
Now, back to more of the Friday Night Football Show, presented by Wingstop. Here's Matt George and Charles T. Hamilton. Yes, indeed. Welcome back into Friday Night Football, Sports 1140 KHDK. Our thanks to Rockland Thunder head coach Greg Benzel for joining us there. Rockland getting a big win against Franklin, a bounce back after falling at home to Antelope. Good on them. It seemed he uh, was very pleased with his performance overall, Chuck. Uh, And speaking from your experience, having been through that adversity of, of dropping games early on in the season when the hype is so much like losing your home opener or losing the opening game of the season in general after working all summer to build up that excitement it's got to be tough to a tough pill to swallow how, how hard was it to bounce back yeah I mean it stinks but you you just you have to I mean there's no there is no time to to feel sorry for yourself or be upset because the nice thing is it's the first game and you have at least nine left so I mean there's plenty of time to bounce back but it it yeah, it sucks to lose that first one for sure. So many great games on this scoreboard, and we're going to run you through some more of our scores here. Scoreboard time, Friday Night Football. Here we go. Davis, they were needing a bounce back, and they got it big time. They put up 62 points at home against Cordova. 62-20 to 20 the final. Davis gets the win. Folsom taking on Jesuit. Folsom, you said needed a bounce back. They played De La Salle last week. Could not get the win. They took it out on Jesuit, beating them 51 to 14. Nothing like having no offense and then getting all of the offense in the very next game. Speaking of offense, Rancho Cotante getting the win 28 to 14. They are now 2 0 on the season after beating Vaden. Shout out, Rancho. Uh, Sarah's taking on Lodi at home. Lodi gets the win 36 0. Accolades getting the W at a close one came down to the wire. One of our many one point finishes, nail biters. Accolades gets the W 28 to 27, their first one of the season. They hand vintage their second loss. Grant at home taking on Central. Grant falls to one and one as Central gets the win 54 to 12. Blowout alert. Indercom 2 and 0 on the season. They host American Canyon and they gave their fans more than enough to cheer about 69 to nothing the final. Manteca taking on Downey at home. Downey gets the win in a close one. Shootout, 44-42. A lot of offense on one end and a lot of defense on the other. Rio Linda, 47-3. They beat Pioneer. Chavez taking on Valley at Chavez. Chavez gets the big win, 41-6. Turlock hosts Reno. Turlock gets their first win of the season, 47-21 the final. Truckee taking on the excellence of execution. Bret Hart, Truckee gets the win, 63-0. Christian Brothers alumni Chris Watkins in the other room was on the edge of his seat all game long. Why, Christian? Give us the final score of that one. 26-25 CB. Came down to a missed field goal at the end by Pleasant Grove. Christian Brothers improves to 2-0 on the season. We got more scores to share with you, but you're going to have to wait for the rest of those. For a full scoreboard, head to khdk.com right now. More scores coming in as we wait and as every second comes by if you see a game on there that we have yet to update the score on shoot us a text give us a call especially if you're at the game and you want to share all about your experience there we're going to get to uh, the head coach of the Roseville Tigers Larry Cunna in just a second but we have to announce something that's That's very very special here on a big announcement brought to you by California Family Fitness it is our player of the week from last week Charles T. Hamilton, who gets the honor? You got that right. So it's California Family Fitness Player of the Week goes to Del Oro wide receiver Dawson Hurst. And we talked to the coach last week. Dawson Hurst had four catches, 146 yards, four touchdowns in the first half. This guy's a beast. I'm going to tweet out a video that came out today 
uh, from today's game. We didn't get all the numbers from today, but he made a catch across the middle, gets popped, bounces right off, takes it in for the touchdown. This guy's a beast, and, I mean, you look at those. No, that's Randy Moss against Dallas numbers. Like, that's an all-time game right there. So shout out to Dawson Hurst, senior wide receiver at Del Oro. Four catches, 146 yards. We know he made it into the end zone at least once today. He is your California Family Fitness Player of the Week. Hell of a way to start your season doing you that. Said you, it. you talk about efficiency, four catches, it's not bad. four touchdowns. It's not bad. I mean, I could do it. I'm not a math guy, but it, what is that? A uh, It's like 97%. 30. Carry the two. 35 yard average. No, it's more than that. Yeah, I just blew it. I forget. Whatever. It. You know, forget what? it. We're in radio. We're a football guy. Yeah. We can get, maybe we need to go back to high school <laughs> math. I'm sure they got some great math Man. teachers down there at Del Oro. Failed so it numerous times. They'll be able to give us a, a heads up. But a, congratulations uh, to Mr. Dawson Hurst for winning the first ever California Family Fitness Player of the Week. Every single week, we're going to be giving award, that award away. If you have some suggestions or pitches, you want to make a case for one of your, your stars that emerged here this evening for next week's uh, show, be sure to send them to us. You can reach us on Twitter at MattGeorgeKHDK. You can reach Charles at CTH415. Yes, or you can uh, reach our Twitter account of the station. It's Sports 1140KHTK. Roseville High School and Oakmont. Roseville got the honor of being our first ever Stockton Honda Game of the Week. That's right. And the Tigers hosted the Oakmont Vikings, a very good local battle early on in the season. And Roseville, maybe it's good luck already, the Stockton Honda good uh, Game of the Week is good luck for the home team. We're 1-0. Because Roseville got... The win 20-6, and we have the pleasure of being joined right now by the head coach of the Tigers. It is Mr. Larry Cunna. Coach, welcome in. Congratulations on the win tonight. Uh, how is the atmosphere out there for the home opener at Roseville? Hey, we need to get, we need, we need to get you guys out of every home game. <laughs> We're in. <laughs> deal, deal, deal. If the outcome comes out in our favor, we'll take it. Exactly. We're 1-0 right now. So, Very good. Us, us as well. So, Coach, how about that start, though, on your home field in front of that crowd? I mean, being able to play a somewhat local rival uh, in, in the Oakmont Vikings. First off, I mean, the home opener every single year is always special, no matter what level you play at, from high school all the way up to pros. Uh, so what was the crowd like, the atmosphere like, and how hyped were these guys to, to get out there and to play? Well, we had a great crowd out at Hanson Field, and uh, Oakmont's our oldest rivalry. Uh, they are the original two high schools in the district, and so we go way, way, way back. I joined the rivalry back in 1989, and uh, it was it was a great high school atmosphere tonight. So, Coach, I gotta I gotta break something to you, and this and you may need to sit down for this one. This might be <laughs> tough. I am a Wood Creek alumni. I am a Timberwolf, uh, so I'm very okay. aware of the the rivalries between between Wood Creek and Roseville, and then the the rivalries also between Roseville and really everybody else in that region. Uh, but Roseville's always been a phenomenal school to go and watch. I used to travel all the time when I was in high school. Every time that rivalry game happened, whether it was at Wood Creek or at Roseville, I used to go uh, all the time. But you're looking at a league uh, schedule this year, Coach. That's that's pretty competitive top to bottom how are you feeling after getting this thing going uh how do you think the season's going to go well uh, i like our group we're young we're uh in terms of experience we're young that way and uh, i love our attitude our work ethic and how we compete it doesn't mean we're playing perfect football yet and we hope that uh, by the time we get into into the league that we're that we're ready to ready to rock and roll. 
Coach, how do you feel about having this rivalry game as the opener? Is it nice because it's a little something, a little extra incentive in the opener, or is it something that you'd rather have a little later in the season to to kind of get your guys well, back on track? Well, Coach Moore uh, over at Oakmont, and we've known each other for many years, and uh, he's he's an Oakmont grad, mm-hmm. and so he, he kind of brings that that fire and intensity to it to it. And I've been at Roseville for 31 years, and so. I've got a little bit of history behind me and and that rivalry, and our our kids just just kind of get after each other a little bit. There's there's familiarity between us, and um, I thought our our guys played really hard, and I thought their guys played really hard. Talk about uh, the the start of the season coming early this year. I mean, it seemed like we get school going, we get into the August month, autumn is just around the corner, and all of a sudden you're you're playing football and you have major matchups right out of the gate. This region is filled with so much talent. Uh, you really don't have any time to lose and any time to really slowly work your way into it. Uh, so how prepared were you in this program uh, for, for getting the ball rolling immediately? Well, I think we all had to adopt to the new calendar. And I think if you have most football coaches, they would probably be a little better with starting the season a little bit later. But I think the section decided to go earlier for playoff purposes. And, you know, when it was 105 and 109 and we've got kids out in pads, it's not the, not the best situation for, for them. But we try to, try to keep it healthy and uh, get some work in. And we'll, we'll adapt to the schedule and, and get moving uh we're already into week two next on to week three so we'll uh we'll just make the best of it coach as a former o-lineman myself it's kind of my deal i have to ask about the o-line in every game how how did the big guys perform up front tonight uh i thought our guys really played well in the second half uh, uh at halftime halftime was fairly tight seven seven nothing at half and i think our guys uh came out in the second half and got off the ball and 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 eventually won with a battle of battle of the trenches. Coach, I have to ask you because we've been seeing some uh some rumblings around Roseville, Roseville getting some recognition and rightfully so, uh, because the Oakland Raiders ended up drafting a Tiger alumni in Colton Miller. Uh, how about that for your program? A little bragging rights of being able to to mm-hmm. have someone that not only is drafted in the NFL but is drafted to a, a local team. You gotta feel a sense of pride with that and Tiger Pride in general. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you the truth. I'm, I'm proud of all of our guys that play high school football and the commitment and the time and the effort that we, we now demand. And I think every program in the region is, is nearly a year-round program. But uh, obviously when a kid gets selected to, to the NFL, you're, you're especially proud of, of that young man. And all the credit goes to Colton Miller. And before that, we had Teddy get drafted. And, and had a successful career with the with the Patriots, and now we're excited for you know to watch Colton develop with the Raiders. Back to back home games for you, coaches. Next week you're hosting Rio Americano. I know it's fun. You want to enjoy the win tonight. At what point do you already set your sights towards next week's matchup? And and what is the approach without giving too much away to uh, to practice next week? What are you looking to focus on? Well, I think the the focus uh, moves at 6 a.m. tomorrow when we get into the office and. And we'll start uh, breaking down their film and looking looking ahead to, to our second home game. 
And and for us, I mean, it's it's one game one game at a time, and trying to get better every game. Well, Coach, you are fantastic. Thank you so much for taking the time. Congratulations on uh, the W here tonight. Congratulations on being picked. You have a great fan base that voted you as the first ever uh, Stockton Honda Game of the Week. We hope to have you uh, in the running and and be out there again for another Tiger game later on this year, and we hope to have you back later on this season uh, here on Friday Night Football. We appreciate you taking the time. Have yourself a great night. Uh, we'll We'll be following Tiger football closely. Hey, thank you for uh, for giving us the opportunity and making us game of the week. Anything that spotlights high school football is a great thing in this area. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Coach. And he's a 100% right. Uh, this area is just so stacked with talent. And I don't emphasize – I mean, I'm not just saying that just because we're, we're biased and we're, we're in here and we're the, the biggest radio station here in this region. But the amount of talent that you see now – and you heard Joe Davidson from the Sacramento Bee talk about it last week. I'm sure he'll reiterate it again tonight yeah. when he join, joins us a little bit later on in the show. Uh, there is just so much here, uh, which is awesome. You have to realize and have to feel for these these players as well. As they're, every time they're stepping out there, whether it's in practice or in, in game night, Chuck, they're getting the uh, the necessary experience and the challenge to set them up as best as you possibly can for a potential college career. Absolutely, and I, you know, I'm new to the area. I did not realize how big high high school football was here, and not just to the students or you know parents, etc. But the the talent that is here is unbelievable. I mean, we're we're going to talk about uh, Ngata for uh, for Folsom a little later. He's headed to Clemson. You know, national champs two years ago. Like, Incredible. It, it, you, we brought up Colton Miller, first-round pick. Eddie Vanderdose was a third-round pick a couple years ago. And Shaq that jumps to the Raiders. Yeah, Shaq Thompson. I mean, it, the list goes on and on. Armstead for the yep. uh, for the Niners. It, it's it's incredible. And it's it's a almost, uh, I don't know if diamond in the rough is the right term, but it's not, definitely not something that jumps to your mind, which is too bad. And we're glad to be able to bring a little inte- attention to it. Uh, with, with this show absolutely we will take the break and come right back when we do more scores for you uh, we also have some more of these games we want to dive deeper into and i'll revisit uh, our stockton honda game of the week nominees for next week the voting is open right yeah. now so get to clicking we'll take the break come right back don't go anywhere this is sports 1140 KHDK. welcome to y'all played a great football game tonight a real good football game yeah. Now, back to more of the Friday Night Football Show, presented by Wingstop. Here's Matt George and Charles T. Hamilton. Been a great show already here on Friday Night Football. We hope you're enjoying it. Week two of the high school football season and week two of the existence of this show. Myself, Matt George, Charles T. Hamilton, we're really enjoying being able to uh, to bring this to you on a weekly basis. Hope you will stick with us throughout the entire season like we talked about last, uh, last segment. There are so many good football programs here. If we can do just a little bit to increase your knowledge and share with you all the great programs around here, uh, then we are doing our job. Chris Watkins also with us on the board. Christian sure. Brothers, uh, Christian Brothers' own Chris Watkins yep. in there pressing the buttons, keeping us... Uh, keeping us on track. And Chris, I'm going to need you to hit another button here because it's time to revisit another part of our scoreboard. Let's go. Friday night football scores. Oak Ridge blows out. Vacaville shuts them out as well. 42 to nothing. Oak Ridge is 2-0. Pittsburgh taking on St. Mary's at home. Pittsburgh gets the win. 48 to 7. Incline gets their first win of the season, taking on Valley Christian. They beat him 34 to 6. Capital Christian taking on Patterson at home. Capital Christian goes to 2 0, getting the somewhat easy win, 49 to 7. 
Johnson takes on WSCA. Johnson gets their first win on the road. 42-15 the final. WSCA drops to 1-1. One one. A lot of blowouts this week. Franklin taking on Rockland at home. Frank, excuse me, Rockland gets the win. 44-7, both teams 1-1. One one. Sticking with the blowout, 62-28. Tracy gets the win over Buhawk Colony. Tracy now 2-0. Oh. Edison taking on Modesto Christian at home. Modesto Christian comes in, gets the win. 20 to 9. How about this performance from your Lincoln Fighting Ooh. Zebras 0-1 against the 1-0 Antelope, who just came off of the win over the Rockland Thunder, and Lincoln scores 28 unanswered to win 35 to 27. Ponderosa taking on Vista Del Lago at Ponderosa. Ponderosa continuing the blowout trend we're seeing here. They get the win. 49 to 18. Pittman, they're 2 and 0. They get the W 49 to 28 in their matchup. Consumers Oaks taking on McNair. Consumers Oaks gets the W 24 to 8. How about Bear Creek and uh, Toke? Bear oh. Creek putting up 54 on Toke. 54 16 the final. Bear Creek gets their first win. Chico taking on Sacramento at home. One of our closer games of the week. Chico gets the W 15 to 14. Wheatland now 2 0 on the season as they beat Marysville 24 to 15 the final. Central, Central Catholic taking on De La Salle. Take. Take a guess who won that one. Uh, it's going to be De La Salle. Yeah, De La Salle gets the W, 35-7. How about Placer? They put a whooping on the Whitney Wildcats, 42-28. The final Placer is 2-0 to start the season. Center taking on Liberty Ranch at home. Center gets the win, moves on to 2-0. They get the W, 56-21. Speaking of 2-0, the Colfax Eagles, 33-27, or excuse me, 33-27. They get the win over Woodland. Bear River taking on El Dorado at home. Another blowout here, guys. Bear River gets the W, 54-7. For more scores, head right now to khtk.com. You're still going to see some holes on there when you go. That's because we haven't gotten all the finals in yet. If you see any holes and want to plug them, we could sure use it. 44-1140, be sure to text it, or you can call us 916-339-1140. Why are you looking at me like that? Great scoreboard here. A lot of great totals around the league. Also, you can go to khtk.com right now because we got five games for you to vote on yes. for next week's Stockton Honda Game of the Week. We're a good luck charm. You heard it right there with there Roseville is. High School. They were the first Stockton Honda Game of the Week. They got the W over Oakmont. Uh, so you're going to want to get in on that good luck and that action. The KHDK street, uh, street team was out there, uh, and they certainly enjoyed interacting with that Roseville Tiger crowd and fan base. So if you want the KHDK street, uh, street team to invade your campus and your school on Friday game night, uh, be sure to uh, make sure uh, you head to khdk.com and vote right now. The five games, the five matchups you can vote on, Granite Bay at Jesuit. Jesuit looking to bounce back after falling uh, to Folsom today. Granite Bay is in desperate need of the win there, 0-2 after being shut out. Folsom hosts Antelope. Grant hosts Capital Christian and what's going to be a very entertaining game there. Vista Del Lago hosting Casta, or Casa Robles, sorry, and Sac High looking for their first win against Indercom, who had a blowout win earlier on today. Those are the five Stockton Honda game of the week that you can go vote on right now on khtk.com. I want to get to this Folsom game really quick because Folsom, uncharacteristically, Chuck, uh, their offense was held stagnant. Yes, De La Salle is a phenomenal team with a great defense, but we've expected a little bit more from the Folsom Bulldogs. No problem offensively getting going tonight. They uh, they handed it to Jesuit in the battle of the Sack Bees, number one versus number mm-hmm. two. Uh, the Bulldogs got the better end of that deal. They beat Jesuit twice last year, continued that trend this year, 51-14 to 14 the final. Some great highlights and some great plays in this 
one. No question. Uh, we talked to Joe Davidson last week. We'll be talking to him uh, this next segment coming up. And he mentioned that the offense was moving. They were able to get yards. They were able to get in position to score, but then they had turnovers in the red zone, bad plays in the red zone. It seems like that's something they've been able to clean up this week. Well, I mean, they definitely cleaned it up this week because they cleaned up, if you know what I'm saying. Uh, Joe Nagata had two receiving touchdowns. His brother Daniel had one rushing, one receiving. And then C.J. Hutton, 90-yard kickoff return for a touchdown. Those are just the most deflating plays in all of football. You're feeling good. You just got a score, whether it's a field goal or a touchdown. Kick it off. Guy takes it the length of the field for six, and it's just heartbreaking when that happens to you. It's just very strange to see a tally in the loss column for Folsom, but props to them for going out and challenging a juggernaut like De La Salle right out of the gate to open up their season. You you see so many programs, whether it's in high school or college, uh, that intentionally schedule weaker opponents as kind of tune-up games to get themselves going and to pad that stat column. The Folsom Bulldogs weren't afraid of doing that, and they showed just how dominant they were uh, tonight here in that one. Before we go to break and get to Joe Davidson, I also want to touch base on this Christian Brothers game because we do have a Christian Brothers alum in the house. It is Chris Watkins in the other room. Chris, you were following this game very closely. Christian yeah. Brothers off to a 2-0 and start, uh, and they really had their backs against the wall at one point, having to uh, survive a a 40-yard field goal attempt, and they were able yeah. to uh, withstand that, and they get the W. Yeah, some wackiness happened at the end of the game. Uh, you thought the game was over. Um, there, there was an apparent sack. Um, everybody or everybody thought the game was over, and uh, they called a rough in the passer, and uh, uh, Pleasant Grove was able to get a, a, a a 42, I believe, yard field goal off, mm-hmm. and it was really wide left. And uh, CB really just got out of there by the skin of their nose. But I mean, they they got out of there with the dub, and that's all that really. Yeah, mattered. it was wacky, man. It was that would be a heartbreaking loss if it yeah. ended that way. But they were able to get out of there, and you know what? You'll take it. All it says in the record books is it was a W. You know, you brought up the roughing the passer penalty, Chris, and, and it's so interesting. We were talking about this on the drive, KHDK's morning show. Myself and Kyle Madsen were talking about I know, Chuck, you were on uh, with Kyle a couple times this week as well, and we were talking about the new contact rules, the helmet rules, the clarification or lack thereof. And we were going back and forth about where does this really start? Where do these rules, if they're going to hold up and if football is going to change and become quote-unquote safer or really adopt these rules and make them standard and normal, it's going to have to begin at the high school level. Uh, So it's rough to see roughing the passer penalties like that called at the high school level. But ultimately, uh, I guess the best time is to to work on kids when they're still learning the game and and applying this the proper way of tackling whatever they that may be now uh, when they're more impressionable yeah Yeah, that's the tough part is in the nfl they're asking guys to change who have been doing this their whole life if this is how it's going to be then it has to change at lower levels to get these guys prepared for for that situation we are going to take the break when we come back. Sack B's guru of high school football it is Joe Davidson. He's nice enough to join us for another week. He was at the Folsom Jesuit game, but also been keeping his eye on all the games in the San Joaquin section. He'll be able to fill us in on all of the action. Be sure to uh, come right back with Mr. Davidson right here on Friday Night Football, Sports 1140 KHDK. Welcome to Y'all played a great football game tonight. A real good football game. Now, back to more of the Friday Night Football Show. Presented by Wingstop. Here's Matt George and Charles T. Hamilton. Welcome back. Friday Night Football. One segment left for you, but still so much to squeeze in. We're going to be joined by Sacramento Bee's 
Joe Davidson here in just moments. Before we get to that, we have the scoreboard to get to. Also, if you missed our California Family Fitness Player of the Week, or I'm going to share that, or we're going to share that with you here uh, in just a second as well. Dull Oro Golden Eagle fans give you something to look forward to and something to cheer about. If you missed it, we got some hype for one of your boys. Uh, That's coming up here in just a second. Uh, But before we get to that, we got more scores to run through. Let's take a look at the Friday Night Football scoreboard. Speaking of Del Laurel, more good news for the Golden Eagles. They are 2-0 and now on the season as they hand Oak Grove their first loss, 58-20. The final Del Oro got us going here with a nice W. Real Americano taking on Casa Roble at home. Casa Roble gets the win, though, 41-20. Monterey Trails 2-0 and on the season after handing the loss to San Ramon Valley, 27-7 the final in that one. Somerville takes on Mariposa County at home. Somerville gets its first win of the season, 10-9. 44 points for Modesto. That was more than enough to get it done as they held Bayer to just 6. 44-6 the final. Modesto 1-1 one one on the season. Delta and Riverbank going head-to-head at Delta. Riverbank gets the win, goes 2-0 and on the year. 14 to 3. We had a handful of one point games tonight. This one was no different. Clovis East just edging out Wood 21 to 20. We also had a couple of 34 point games, and this was one of them. Rapon goes into Sonora, gets the win 34 nothing. Enochs, another one pointer. They beat West by the skin of their teeth 14 to 13. The final Enochs now 2 and 0. DeMonte Ranch taking on Granite Bay at home. DeMonte Ranch gets the win 28 zilch. Esparto, their first game of the year, and they stick it to Forest Hill. They're 1 and 0 on the season after the 38. 38- to 15 with victory. Merced taking on Gregory. Merced gets the win 41 22. How about Wood Creek? How about my Timberwolves? 42 to 12, the final. The Timberwolves, they're 2 0 to start the season. Hell yeah. Cardinal Newman taking on Sutter at home. Cardinal Newman gets the win 24 to nothing. And I got to sneak this one in here because we missed it the second time. Davis, they bounced back nicely after their tough loss in week one. They put up 62 points against Cordova. 62-20 the final. The Davis Blue Devils starting out the season well. I'm going to throw one extra in there because this score is crazy to me. Mountain House taking on Mount, uh, Mount Diablo. Mountain House gets the win 75 to nothing. Is that hard to do in football? Yes. That's, that's you, Yes. I believe they scored 42 in the first quarter. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. I was trying to make a three-quarters joke, you know, 75. I couldn't think of it. So 75 nothing, man. That is wild. <laughs> if you've ever put up that many points in the first quarter, why don't you give us a call? Because I have a trophy for you <laughs> yeah, that I'm going to whip up. I'll just give you money out of my wallet. That's an incredible uh, incredible feat for them. Congratulations to them on that one. Before we get to Joe Davidson here, I want to remind you the Stockton Honda Game of the Week voting is open right now. Five great matchups for you to choose. You could be like Roseville High and get your school invaded by the KGDK Street Team next week. Jesuit hosting Granite Bay. Folsom hosting Antelope. Then you have Grant hosting Capital Christian. Vista, de- Vista del Lago excuse me, hosting Casa Roble. And Sac High hosting Intercom. Those all five are up right now for you to vote on. And they're all interesting games, but I'm really interested to see Folsom after bouncing back against De La Salle last week. They had the tough loss against De La Salle. Bounce back this week against Jesuit. And can they continue that? And then can Jesuit kind of do the same? Bounce back after a tough loss to Folsom this week. And same, speaking of bouncing back, Antelope in desperate need of a bounce back as they were in control for most of their game against the Lincoln Fighting Zebras, but Oof. the Lincoln Fighting Zebras blanked them late and, and scored 28 unanswered Man. Uh, to be able to get the win tonight. So Antelope's looking for some revenge at the expense of those Bulldogs. Someone who is at that Bulldogs game is Joe Davidson. I can see Chris on the phone with him right now getting him uh, ready to go. So we will have him on here in just a second. But before we do that, I promised... 
We announced earlier on our California Family Fitness Player of the Week. In case you missed that, though, we got to hit it again because this guy made did so much in that first week. Uh, we, we just got to talk about it twice. Uh, Chuck, who did we end up giving the Cal Fit Player of the Week that award That went to, to Del Oro, wide receiver Dawson Hurst, who had four catches, 146 yards, and four touchdowns in the first half last week. He also, I know he had at least one touchdown this week. I don't have the final numbers uh, as far as this week's concerned. He was also ranked number 19 in uh, Joe Davidson's top 50 players in the in the county. I'm incredibly impressed by this guy as far as two weeks go. I'll tweet out the clip I was talking about. Someone tweeted out earlier of him coming across the middle, getting popped, staying up, and then just jogging into the end zone. This guy is tough, and he is our first ever California Family Fitness Player of the Week. You mentioned the rankings by Joe Davidson on Sacramento Bee, one of his many rankings that he is able to put out and someone that you should definitely be paying attention to if you will call yourself a fan of the high school football in this great uh, San Joaquin section. And Joe, uh, welcome in first off to Friday Night Football. Great to have you back. Uh, that stat line, not too bad for a wide receiver, huh? Four receptions, four touchdowns, 146 yards. Do we oh, have Joe? He's a third-year varsity guy. His older brother... Uh, Mason Hurst was a three-year varsity player. He's on scholarship down at Cal Poly, and um, they both they both may wind up down there. So, hmm. great competitors, great champions. Uh, Carson Jarrett, the quarterback for Del Oro, has been off to a great start, um, and he had a uh, an up and down season last year. So he was he was ready for a breakthrough year. And that's um, Carson Jarrett, and they're off to a great start, and they're going to take on on Windsor team from the North Bay next week that struggles. So the Del Oro could be 3-0 and here in a flash. Yeah. Joe, last week you were saying how uncharacteristic it was for the Folsom Bulldog offense to struggle like they did against De La Salle. Taking nothing away from De La Salle, we know how talented of a program they are. We were just praising earlier on uh, Folsom for taking that challenge on to open up their season. Uh, but they returned back home, and, and they uh, they got their offense back uh, in their big win uh, tonight. You were there, a great matchup against Jesuit. Uh, what did you see from Folsom ultimately overall in that win? Well, the first thing I saw, Matt, was just how they were coming into the game. Uh, terrific practice. You know, when you get shut out, who you're playing, you get up and they just took Jesuit. Jesuit led seven nothing early, and Folsom just took off. I'm sorry, Joe. I'm going to have to put you on hold. We seem to have a little bit of a spotty connection. We really want to hear what you have to say about this Folsom Jesuit game. I'm going to have uh, our producer Chris uh, get him back on the line. Hopefully, they can get a better connection in there because we got to get Joe's uh, feedback from this one. Uh, but like we were talking about earlier, Chuck, this for someone to be able to to struggle offensively uh, like Folsom did against De La Salle to come back home uh, and then to be able to to figure things out and establish themselves and, and get themselves going. A much-needed win for Folsom just to get the confidence back and remind everybody, look, this is who we are. We are the Folsom Bulldogs. We are undefeated last year. We're not going anywhere. No question. And we'll talk about this with Joe. Hopefully we, we get it cleared up. But they were able to not just put up points, but they came out in the first quarter. It was tied 7-7. So second quarter, they put it on them, and they were able to produce in the red zone. Ngata had a couple touchdowns. Both Ngata's had a couple touchdowns. The big kickoff return, they were able to get it done this week. And like I said, they had the offense was moving last week. They were able to get things done last week, but they had sloppy turnovers, some sloppy plays inside the red zone. Sounds like they got it cleaned up this week. And uh, 
hopefully we can get Joe back on to, to get a little rundown of, of the action. I'm told we have a better connection. Joe, sorry about that, buddy. You were talking about Folsom's ability to, uh, to bounce back. Yeah, and especially Caden Bennett, um, mm-hmm. the quarterback. He struggled last week. He was sacked seven times, which is a credit to Dallas Howard's terrific defense. And he had no touchdown passes um, and two interceptions. And he takes his job quite personally. It's it's very important to him. He, he really is a, proud to be the, the quarterback. And he had his coming out party uh, a year ago at this time against Jesuit when he went for six touchdowns and no interceptions and then beat Jesuit in the section division one playoffs with three more touchdowns, no interceptions. And then tonight he was on his game again, uh, about 215 yards, um, four touchdowns all in first half. And you pass protect. He hits his receivers, Elijah Badger, Joe Nagata, uh, you know, um, Daniel Nagata, they all cut touchdowns. And then C.J. Hutton had a 95-yard kickoff return to open the, the second half. And, and the defense played stellar. And it's like, okay, that's the fulsome team we all expected. Yep. And, that's a big win because this Jesuit team is really talented. I would not be surprised if Jesuit doesn't lose. Jesuit could peel off a 10, 11, 12 game winning streak now. That's that's how good Jesuit is, but just ran into a, a buzzsaw. And that's what Folsom's going to do to a lot of teams where they're just going to detonate on people. Definitely. You mentioned that about Folsom last week. You wouldn't have been surprised if they ran off 10, 12 straight games. And same thing with Jesuit. Uh, was there – any worry after giving up seven sacks last week that this O-line might have some struggles, or was it really just chalked up to, hey, it was De La Salle, we're going to move forward, we'll be fine? Oh, it was, it was definitely De La Salle with yeah. some blue-chip stud guys. Um, you know, Folsom returned 16 starters from a 16-0 and state team championship cool. team, eight of them on offense, but only um, – uh, the center, Caden Richardson, the son of the coach, Chris Richardson, was the only main starter back on the offensive line. Mm. Uh, Joe Wagner played on the offensive line too, but then you know they had some holes there, and they were they were terrific tonight. Uh, they uh, did not give up any sacks, and Jesuits got some guys who could get after you. So, um, you know, that's kudos for taking on a, a monster like we were talking about last week, guys. To, to find out what you got to do. Okay, got to pass protect better. Got to have no turnovers. Had no turnovers. Gave up no sacks. Big win. Yeah, it sounds like they really cleaned up some of their their mistakes from last week. They came out of the first quarter tied 7-7. Was it just kind of an avalanche in the second quarter and to open the third with that kickoff return and and really realizing this is the Folsom we all expected to see? Exactly. It was 34-7. At the half, the only mistake really that Folsom made in the first half was a missed extra point. They're human. <laughs> uh, and then the 95-yard kickoff return to open the second half by uh, um, C.J. Hutton. And all of a sudden, it's, it's, it's a blowout. Yeah. And, um, you know, um, Isaiah Rutherford, a national recruit running back, cornerback, he's being recruited as a cornerback, went out early in the first half. Mm. Um, he's at a local hospital getting x-rayed. Not sure what the deal is. I think it was some kind of foot or leg. Could just be precautionary. But that's a big-time guy to lose. I don't think they win, even if he's in the lineup. He had five or six carries early and had no total yards, so they really bottled him up. Uh, But that'll that'll take away some of your spirit uh, when you you lose a guy like that. And a Jesuit lineman got kicked harder off the field as well in the second half. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it just kind of deflates you. And then Folsom's onslaught of skilled players will deflate you too. 
You talked about uh, analog, or sorry, uh, Jesuits' ability to uh, to bounce back, Joe. And uh, you said you wouldn't be surprised if they're able to rattle off a, a bit of a win streak. So they are, are hosting Granite Bay, the Grizzlies, who are also in desperate need of a bounce back. The Grizzlies being shut out tonight. Excuse me, Jesuit is up there for uh, one of our Stockton Honda Game of the Week nominees. Uh, they always have a, a great home field advantage as well. What is it about this Jesuit team that couldn't get the job done tonight, ultimately against a very, very dominant Folsom team, uh, but is up there to and worthy of the number two ranking in your ranking system? Well, I think it's just, you know, we saw how good this Folsom defense is uh, last week. Uh, giving up two touchdowns, that's, that's one of the, extremely rare for De La Salle to lose a, to win a game and only score 14 points. Yeah. Um, so that was really encouraging for Folsom. And then Jesuit found out just how tough this defense is. And um, they have a pass rush. You have linebacker play, um, good schemes, good coverages. Uh, Sam Cole's a defensive coordinator. He gets, he gets animated. He, he's all fired up. So they were, um, you know, Folsom's offense, generates the the buzz and the headlines and the intrigue but it's the defense that's done a, a pretty good job uh really good job this season and at times in the, during some of its championship seasons in the past so um you talked about granite bay granite bay's and two unheard of um seeking its i think it's 20th consecutive playoff team won, won a section championship for the sixth time last season gave up uh, scored three points last week in a nine to three loss to Monte Vista of the Bay Area and lost twenty eight seven to DeMonte Ranch up in Nevada. So looking to score some points. Um but those are good teams and Jesuit will have a Friday quote unquote night game. It'll be a four thirty kickoff next Friday for Jesuit because the Jesuit doesn't have any lights. Um that's something that we're trying to get the Marauders. Unfortunately, it won't be 148 degrees on the surface of the sun because normally it can be at that time of you know day. Yeah. Um, so that'll be interesting. And um, you know, so both teams are looking to get on track offensively. Uh, Folsom, we all know, was going to have this explosive offense and and be exciting and fun to watch offensively. Is this their defensive dominance so far? Somewhat of a surprise, or was this also expected? No, I'm not surprised. Okay. Um, you know, maybe giving up only 14 points is a surprise because Dallas Hawk just, you know, really is, can be yeah. a prolific program. Yeah. Um, but, uh, no, a lot of a lot of defensive guys back um, as well. Tyler Hardiman is a defensive lineman who's played well, and Dylan George at linebacker, and, uh, you know, all kinds of good players there for, uh, you know, Nelson in the secondary linebacker as well for um, Folsom. And Folsom's, Folsom's got it rolling. You know, when you win three state championships yeah. this decade with six section championships, this decade, um, you got some guys, and they got huge numbers. They're 60 varsity football players. JV numbers are big. Freshman numbers are big. Youth football numbers are big. But numbers aren't big everywhere. Across the state and across the country, football participation numbers are declining. And I think a lot of people are aware of the concussion issues. But for the elite programs across the state, the numbers are not down. Uh, maybe a few here and there, but you know you're still seeing 60 man, 70 man rosters for the programs that are are, are doing great because football, you know, we know that uh, it has a great value. And if you play football the right way, you tackle the right way, you coach it the right way, then it's a safe game. And there's been restrictions put on across the country for practices and how many you could, how many days you could have full contact. Mm-hmm. And that's a wise thing because most of your concussions are happening in practice. 
you have five or six practices a week, generally, you know, maybe, you know or four practices a week, you're going to have more of a chance to get, excuse me, get a concussion in those practices. So if you dial that down, you're fine. Um, but to answer your question originally, the reason Folsom has a good defense is uh, good schemes and a lot of numbers and, and some good athletes. Yeah. And that's, that's usually your formula at any level, and especially in high school. Hey, uh, Joe, I want to, uh, to continue on with, uh, with what you're saying about the safety of the game. And I wanted to ask you something specifically in regards to rule changes that we're seeing starting at the NFL. We know the NFL is under a lot of scrutiny with uh, their, their new helmet rules, their tackling rules, things like that, trying to make a very violent game safer, which I think we all agree is important. Uh, but it seems like more and more they're taking football out of football in a way. Uh, we were talking about on KHDK a lot this week, at what age group do you really start trying to teach this and grain this into these uh, into these students and into these athletes so that once they reach the pro level, they are comfortably uh, able to tackle the quote-unquote right way and play the game as safe as you possibly can. How impressionable are uh, high school players in this area at this level, and are you seeing more and more programs implementing these expectations and changes that are, are, are being made by the NFL? Yeah, absolutely, and it actually goes lower than that. Uh, youth football, a, a lot of seminars and clinics to on how to tackle and keep your head up and when you tackle, um, and don't lower your head every time you barrel into somebody if you're a skill player or a running back. Um, and it's incumbent on these coaches at all levels to teach them how to tackle right, and um, and and it will it will help save the game down the road where you're not having as many violent collisions and, 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 um, and, and, and you know, guys not knowing how to tackle. Um, and I think it's going to improve the quality of the game and, and, and help people play better and play longer. Um, it's, um, you know, that's the kind of the psyche of football. We, we love hard hits. We, you know, that's, you know, people love to see it on a highlight or they love to see it in a high school game or college game or an NFL game. You, you want to see Guys just get flattened. That's that's the intrigue of um, that's the emphatic play of, of, of a football game. You know, kind of like a uh, an alley oop dunk in basketball, but at the same time, yet you know, we it's 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 a scary deal when a kid gets blown up or a college guy or an NFL guy and everybody's surrounding him. You know, is he okay? The other thing the players at all levels have to do is you can't be gladiators. You can't just shake it off. Uh, you know, you talk to retired NFL players, former high school players, college players, and you could ask them, hey, how many how many concussions did you have in your, your career now that you're 50 years old? And they might say, oh, maybe three or four. How many bell ringers? Oh, about 15. Mm-hmm. Bell ringers are concussions. And it used to be where you just shake it off. You don't want to let your teammates down, high school, college, or pros. Now you have to be aware, hey, you know, I need, I need to step this one out. And if the player doesn't do it, then a team captain or a coach or an assistant needs to have have the wherewithal to say, hey, he needs to sit this one out. You know, it does. You don't have to. You don't have to be a macho leader that way. You need to be smart about it for your own health and for your own team. And and, and teammates are doing a better job of recognizing. You know, hey, he's a little looped. Let's let's hold him out a couple of days or a couple of games. I'm sorry, a couple of plays, and maybe it is a game or two that that, that the guy sits out. That doesn't make you less of a player. It just makes you, um, you know, more aware of, of making sure your teammates are going to stay healthy.
Yeah, Joe, I love what you said about limiting practice also. In my own personal experience, the only concussions I got were in practice, at least the ones I knew of. But you also talk about bell ringers. And, you know, Man, you, endless. You, you got a concussion getting out of bed today, I understand. You know, get a, <laughs> some of us get a concussion just, you know, just jumping out of the shower. So, Seriously. No, it's um, like concussion. I had one in high school football, and I played high school football in Oregon. And um, you don't feel right. And I remember thinking, oh, well, I, I can't let the guys down. And the coaches – you know, they would browbeat you. You know, you don't get water. We're going to make men out of you. And, you know, you got a bell ringer, you know, toughen up. No no longer that line of thinking. Now athletes hydrate regularly throughout practices yep. because somewhere along the line, somebody figured out the obvious that a hydrated athlete is a much better performing athlete and he's going to be a healthier athlete. And it's just insane to think that for decades water – was a precious commodity in a practice or a game because we're going to make men out of you. Yeah. No, you're going to ruin these guys. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, that's come a long way there, and just safety and common sense. And um, I know people are concerned about the decline of football numbers and participation. And you know, I'm I'm wondering. You know, there's big discussion and controversy on should youth football be banned. And some NFL legends like a Brett Favre have said, you know, I I wouldn't let my kid play youth football. I think that's really up to the parent. Mm-hmm. Let the parent and the kid decide if they want to play uh, because it means a lot to a kid that, that age for a lot of them to, to play and to have a teammate. But teach it right and coach it up right and, and be aware of how to tackle and how to hit. You're still going to have some concussions. But I'll, I think in the next few years we'll see the concussion numbers decline considerably because of all the things we mentioned. Joe from the Sacramento Bee, thank you so much for joining us. Last thing for you, Joe, before uh, you uh, we take off and wrap up the show, a, a final score that really caught my eye and that, that surprised me, I had to do a double take and refresh the page a couple of times, uh, was Grant falling to Central 54-12. to Very rarely do you see the Pacers getting uh, uh, blown out or manhandled in such a way, especially on their home field. Uh, what do you think of Grant overall this season, and are they as dominant as uh, we have expected them to be in the past? Well, Grant Grant is in an interesting spot right now. And first of all, Central of Fresno is the, the Central section's number one ranked team. Fresno B's number one ranked team. State ranked number thirteen. Uh, yeah, that's a powerhouse program. And it was, excuse me, guys, it was. I think it was fourteen six at the half. So for a half, it was pretty good. Um, Grant last season fell to four and six. It was the first losing record since nineteen ninety. And I think only the second losing season since 1978. And so they've had a lot of good years of great living. And then it just, you know, it, it, it finally caught up to them. Um, Grant doesn't intimidate and frighten everybody on its roster anymore. Teams have closed the gap, still terrific athletes, still a great, great coach and a champion leader. And Mike, and Mike Albergini, he's in his 50th year at Grant, been the head coach since 1991, defensive coordinator all throughout the 1980s. But their their numbers are down. For the first time since I've covered them, I'm in my 30th year. It's the first time they've had less fewer than 40 players. And I think there's a couple of reasons. I think that some of, a lot of the kids on campus they're impressionable. They, they'll come out when the Pacers are, are a big topical thing. Last year at four and six, they weren't topical. And some kids aren't coming out for their senior year. It's mm-hmm. you know football's hard work, and the yeah. coaches are demanding. Um, it'll be really interesting to see what Grant does. Grant next week plays two and zero. Capital Christian, which has uh, got some great athletes and great coaches uh, with Casey Taylor and, and among others, that's a big test. To lose to Capital Christian would be a stunner for Grant um, because 
Grant's never lost to a school that small. You know, Catholic Christian's got 400 students, a little misleading because it's a private school. But that's a that's an interesting showdown. Last year, Grant won that game 19-0. Uh, but Grant, let's not forget, also is in the Sierra Foothill League this year, realigned. And the Sierra Foothill League has got all these cupcakes like Folsom and Granite Bay and Del Oro and Rockland and and uh, um, you so, know Oak Ridge. So that that's going to be a, a brutal stretch to see what happens there. I mean, our number one team is Folsom. Our number two team will now be Oak Ridge. Our number three team will now be Del Oro. How about that? And those are all on Grant's schedule in the in the, in the coming weeks and months. So. We'll see. Grant, to me, guys, is always an interesting story. When Grant football does well, it represents city schools, it represents public schools, and you root for, for kids and players and coaches and programs uh, in communities like that. It's When Grant is good, it's good for high school football in all of Northern California. 